0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete podcast. Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and we are starting a brand new series. So for those of you who are new to Whole and Complete, Whole and Complete is a series-based podcast. And this series is all about self-sabotage. And so our guiding scripture is actually multi-tiered so our guiding scripture comes from 1st John chapter 4 starting with verses 7 through about 10 picking up at verse 18 and then as a bonus Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and I'll be sure to add all of this in the show notes but it reads as follows dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Romans 8, 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So I know that was a mouthful. And for those of you who are new to whole and complete, we offer a faith forward approach to wellness and whole and complete living. And those scriptures will make much more sense in part two (laughs) of this series. In part two, I will tie this all together with everything that I'm about to say in part one. But today we are really gonna focus on defining self-sabotage, specifically what that looks like, how that plays out, what drives that. And next week we'll be talking about one of the manifestations of self-sabotage, which is how we sabotage relationships and friendships and things like that. But we are not there yet. Today, we are going to specifically focus on what it is, where it comes from, and what drives it. So, as we always do with the new series, we are starting with definitions. So, the definition of self-sabotage that we are using for this series is this. Self-sabotage occurs when people hinder their own success. When people take destructive steps or engage in harmful behavior, that can negatively impact their own lives, relationships, and career. I repeat, self-sabotage occurs when people hinder their own success, when people take destructive steps or engage in harmful behavior that can negatively impact their own lives, relationships, and career. So I have been doing a lot of social media posts lately about getting in our own way, about the myriad ways that we become enemies of our own progress. And you know how at the start of a new year, we write out these affirmations, we buy a new devotional, we get a new journal, we start doing morning rituals because we are committed to the idea that this year is going to be the year that we move into that house or take that trip or lose that weight or invest in that stock portfolio or launch that podcast or project or start that business. This is going to be the year that we're going to be intentional about our relationships, right? But somewhere along the line, we falter. Sometimes it's because life happens to us, (laughs) and believe me, baby, life does happen all the time. Life don't care nothing about your dreams, goals, plans, and ambitions because life just be lifing. But other times, it's because we didn't follow through, or we let deadlines slip past, or we hit the snooze button instead of actually getting up out of the bed and doing what we needed to do, or we drank too much alcohol before that high stakes meeting that we had the next day and somehow we missed it or we keep promising ourselves that we're going to start tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. Or we convince ourselves that, well, I can't do it right now because somebody needs me and and I couldn't possibly abandon them in their time of need. Right? So at the core of self-sabotage there is a fundamental disconnect between what is good and healthy and helpful in our lives and the actions that we undertake or neglect to get to those good and healthy things. Something that I do in my practice as a professor and since I've been in therapy is something called metacognition or sometimes I call it thread pulling and metacognition is thinking about your thinking and so it's not just having thoughts, but it's also taking the time to reflect and interrogate and question those thoughts. Like, why am I thinking that? Why do I believe that? Where did that come from? And whenever I come up against a belief or a behavior that is out of alignment with what I say I want for my life or what I believe God has for my life, then that is usually my red flag. That is usually my signal to start backtracing until I get to the root of the disconnect. And a book that I often recommend to people to help with the thread pulling is an oldie book goodie, but it's called The Big Leap by Dr. Gay Hendricks. And if you are not familiar with his work, Dr. Hendricks is a counselor and psychologist that believes that we can trace the majority of our self sabotaging ways to something that he calls the upper limit problem. And upper limiting so, when you have an upper limit problem, upper limiting is the tendency to limit our own happiness, our own success, our own finances. Because deep down, we don't think that we deserve an abundance of those things. I'll repeat that. Upper limiting is the tendency to limit our own happiness, our own success, and finances because we don't think we deserve an abundance of those things. It's not that we don't believe in abundance. We just don't believe in it for us. And according to Dr. Hendricks, each of us has this inner thermostat, right? Like this inner setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we can allow ourselves to enjoy. And whenever we exceed our inner thermostat, whenever we go past that setting, whenever we go past that that benchmark that we believe we deserve, we will often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into that old familiar comfort zone where we feel secure. And so essentially what Dr. Hendricks is saying is that even though you may not say it out loud on some level, you believe that you deserve a certain measure of happiness, that you deserve a certain measure of success, that you deserve a certain measure of thriving in relationships. You believe that you deserve a certain amount of that. And whenever you start to push past that, whenever you start to do exceedingly and abundantly, hello believers, exceedingly and abundantly above what you always thought that you could achieve, bells start ringing in your head, alarms start going off like beep, 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 beep. You need to do something and get yourself back to where you are comfortable, get back to where you quote unquote belong. And so it's not that you don't believe that you should be able to financially, independently support yourself, but do you believe you deserve to be a millionaire? Do you believe you deserve to be a multimillionaire? And for some of you, even me just saying that you felt some kind of way, you felt a tightness in your chest. And when you're looking at a stack of bills, you might be kind of tongue in cheek about it. Like, Oh yeah, baby, give me the million dollars. I ain't got no problem with that. But it's not just about paying the bills, but like, do you fundamentally believe that you deserve it? And that's where we have trouble about what we deserve, because there is a lot of conditioning, a lot of conditioning, and especially in the church, that we deserve hell, right? <laughs> that, that based on the way that we were heading, we were on our way to hell with gasoline draws on, right? And, and Jesus pulled us up out the muck and the mire. And so we deserve death. We deserve eternal separation from God, but by the grace of God, but because of Jesus' sacrifice, and I'm not being cheeky, I'm not being tongue in cheek about that, like praise the Lord for Jesus and his sacrifice and all of those things. At the same time, because we have been inundated with those types of messages, we have not been equally inundated with you are so gifted and so talented that your gift and your talent really could open up doors for you that could generate the type of wealth that you can pass down from generation to generation. See, we don't get bombarded as much with that message. And as believers, especially if you are a believer that has come up in the church, A lot of those kind of gloom and doom, fire and brimstone type of scriptures, I'm going to be honest, have been used, used, weaponized to try to manipulate behavior and try to shame people into conformity and doing or not doing certain things. And so sometimes those scriptures are misapplied or misused or misabused or people misuse or misabuse their authority from the pulpit or or their influence over people and things like that. And so as believers, this can really be tough because even though we believe in the omniscience of God, the omnipotence of God, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, do we honestly believe that we deserve to have an abundance of wealth or an abundance of love or an abundance of happiness or an abundance of joy? Do we believe that we deserve those things? And so what Dr. Hendricks is saying is that when we get to a certain level Of success, and we start to go past what we believe we deserve, we will inevitably do something to sabotage it or to create friction or conflict so that we can go back to where we are comfortable with what we believe we deserve. And according to Dr. Hendrix, there are four reasons why we do this. Now, more than one of these can apply to you, but Dr. Hendrix says that the reason we limit our success is due to one of four hidden barriers the first of these barriers is the belief that you are fundamentally flawed which means somewhere in your development you came to believe that something is wrong with you that you are not enough that you're not good enough that you are not worthy or that you are less than and because of this you don't believe that you deserve to be consistently healthy and happy and thriving so if you are being metacognitive if you are doing that thread pulling then what you need to do is you need to trace back any experiences where you may have experienced neglect or rejection or ridicule or bullying and see if any of those factors contribute to this belief that something is wrong with you, that you are the odd man out, that you are not worthy of love and belonging. The second hidden barrier is the belief that success equals disloyalty or abandonment. So let's face it, everybody has opinions about money. Everybody has an opinion about money. And that includes your family, okay, your family of origin or the environment that you grew up. And when you grow up hearing shade thrown at people who have massive amounts of money or success, because think about the way that people talk about Jeff Bezos. Think about the way that people talk about Elon Musk, right? Right. You may have unwittingly internalized the belief that if you become successful, that if you become that rich, that you will be considered a sellout or that you will be abandoning your loved ones if you succeed. You may be familiar with that phrase, it's lonely at the top. So have you ever heard this? It's lonely at the top. And I will be honest with you, the work, the sacrifice, the faith that is required to really push through and make it to High levels of success is not typical. There is absolutely nothing average about it. You do not get six pack abs doing an average amount of work in the gym, eating an average amount of food like, oh, you know, just give me whatever's available. Oh, no, it takes an exceptional amount of discipline and work and intention and all kinds of things in order to generate that result in terms of success or wealth building or relationships that are happy and thriving, it takes an exceptional combination of faith and work and sacrifice and perseverance to really make it. And no, you are not going to find many people in your inner circle who go that hard typically in your circle of origin, not saying that now you may not have, I mean, by now you may have surrounded yourself with people who do go that hard and you may have been really intentional about doing that. But in general, like the average group of people that you grew up with on the block or in the family or whatever are typically not going that hard. If you are a high achiever or somebody with a dream that's really trying to go forward and push for it, chances are you are like one of one of one. Okay, maybe one of two people in your family who are really doing that. So, no, you're not going to find that many people in that inner circle of origin who are going that hard. But that doesn't mean that you should not go. Right. Okay. Just because they're not going doesn't mean that you shouldn't go. It doesn't mean that you are being disloyal or that you're leaving them behind. It is a disservice to your gift to not see it through to its fullest potential. The third hidden barrier is a fear of outshining others. So lately I have seen a couple of articles from Shonda Rhimes and Robin Thede. And these are both black women in the entertainment industry industry. But both of them are singing a similar tune. Both of them are saying that women need to start bragging on their accomplishments instead of stuffing them in a corner and hiding them under the table to keep other people from feeling bad. I remember there was this trend in the late 80s, early 90s, and it ushered in this era, this philosophy that everybody gets a trophy. You get a trophy, you get a trophy, you get a blue ribbon, you get a blue ribbon. Everybody gets a blue ribbon, everybody gets a trophy because the idea was let's build kids' self-esteem. Let's not hurt their self-esteem, so let's not make them feel bad for coming in last place. Let's just give everybody a trophy and then that way everybody will be happy. Well, this backfired in a major way (laughs) because not only is that damaging and unrealistic because that's just not how the real world works, But it also breeds a sense of entitlement and it discourages others from actually working at their full potential. So I say all that to say this. You are not responsible for other people's feelings. If someone feels bad or less than because of your success, that is not a you issue. That's not your issue. That's their issue. How other people feel about you is really none of your business. God has granted each of us different gifts and it is our only job to operate in those gifts to our fullest and best capacity, okay? We don't need no hateration, holleration in this dance So if you are playing small because your greatness is a threat to someone else's ego, then it's time for you to reevaluate that relationship and it's time to reevaluate how much influence that relationship is having on your decisions about what you deserve in your life, And then the fourth and final barrier is the belief that your success will somehow make you a bigger burden. So some people believe unconsciously believe that more success will bring more burdens, more money, more problems. Right. And they tell themselves, well, I can't expand to my highest potential because then I'd be an even bigger burden than I am right now. And this is a big one because if you have ever been made to feel like a burden because you were quote unquote doing too much because taking you to football practice cost gas money and it inconvenienced your parents or those ballet lessons were expensive and it cost money that the family didn't really have or you heard things like, why are you always begging? Why are you always got your hand out? Or you hungry again? Didn't I just feed you? Or I can't wait for you to graduate and quit eating me out of house and home. Or why can't you just get somewhere and sit down? You're always trying to visit your friends or go out in the streets. Now I got to stay up all night waiting for you to come back. In other words, just this kind of consistent bombardment that unless you were willing to do <laughs> anything more then go somewhere, sit down, and be quiet that you were a burden. And so there are lots of ways that we receive these messages that our pursuits or our passions were attacks on our parents or a tax on our caregivers. And as a result, when you decided to diminish your desire to do other things, to grow your talents, many of us were rewarded when we stayed out of the way, when we fended for ourselves, when we made do with what we had we were rewarded with love, acceptance, and belonging. And so in adulthood, when we find ourselves on the precipice of success or about to level up in that relationship or about to get that promotion that takes us overseas, we can unwittingly derail ourselves so that we stay right where the people around us feel comfortable so that we're not doing too much so that we don't have to hear about what a burden we are on the people at our jobs or the people in our families. Now, those are the four hidden barriers, and according to Dr. Hendricks, those can be the underlying drivers of self-sabotaging behavior. And as I said earlier, one or more of these may apply to you, and I strongly encourage you to pull that thread and get to the core beliefs that are driving your behavior and your decisions. What narratives are you telling yourself to justify behavior that is counter to your success and your goals? You know, I saw something recently on social media. It was a quote from Will Smith. And I know Will Smith he either love him or you're like, mm, I don't know if I want to be taking advice from Will Smith because, you know, him and his wife got problems. But even a broke clock is right twice a day. So take this for what it's worth. You know, he says that it's not about whether or not you can handle the situation but can you handle your mind? It's not about whether or not you can manage the situation, but can you manage the thoughts and the emotions that are trying to poison your progress? I'll repeat that. It's not about whether or not you can handle the situation, but can you handle your mind? It's not, can you manage the situation, but can you manage the thoughts and the emotions that are trying to poison your progress? Because here's the dirty little secret. Your beliefs influence your thoughts and your thoughts impact your behaviors. So you absolutely have to be willing to interrogate your belief systems, which might mean revisiting some hurtful memories or experiences to uncover why do you have that belief. So pull that thread And whenever you find a belief that is out of alignment with what you know your purpose to be, whenever you find a belief that you know is out of alignment with what God is calling forth in your spirit, then you need to replace that belief with what you know to be the truth about yourself and your destiny. You cannot believe a lie and the truth. You can't believe that water is wet and is dry. It's either one or the other and so when you come across that belief that you know is a trick from the pit that you know doesn't doesn't jibe it doesn't it doesn't line up with all of those things that I just said then you have to replace that belief with the truth and the truth will set you free uh no real talk that in a nutshell is self sabotage and how it shows up, and what might be driving it. So on our next episode, I want to talk specifically about how we allow those beliefs to keep us from having thriving friendships, tribes, and loving relationships. One thing I'll say, you know, in the spirit of Women's History Month and International Women's Day is that I am really blessed. I am really blessed to be engulfed, surrounded, connected to some really phenomenal women I am really blessed to have women in my life that will go hard in the paint for me that will ride into battle with me that will sit shiva on the floor in sackcloth and ashes with me I have people in my life like that and whenever I say that all right whenever I say that out loud I always hear from people how they don't have that and how they wish that they had those types of relationships. And I think one day I'm going to do a series on tribe building, like how to build your tribe. But I will say that there are people that say that they want those types of relationships, but also are doing things to keep the, keep that from happening. There are people that say they want love in their lives, but are actually doing things to keep that from happening. And so we're going to be talking about that next week, and I will be connecting the dots between how your hidden beliefs are creating limits in these areas of your life and absolutely tie it back to our guiding scriptures from 1 John chapter 4 and from Romans. So that is where I will leave you for this episode. If you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and the depths of my soul, because guess what, folks? And this happened probably some weeks ago, and I just, I wasn't paying attention, and I didn't acknowledge this milestone. But because of you, because of your support, because of your faithfulness and your consistency, and your sharing this podcast with people that you think need to hear it, we have exceeded 40,000 downloads. You know, this podcast was started like literally three, four weeks before the pandemic. And when the pandemic came, I was like, ooh, this was bad timing. But here you guys are, two years and three seasons later, and we are still pressing our way and chugging along. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you for the reviews that you have left. Thank you for the friends that you have shared this podcast with and these episodes. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will see you next time.